0: This is the Humboldt Chronicles.
1: I am the queen of everything. Gotta be high before I can swing. Lighter, and let it be. If you a viper,
0: I'm Chuck Rogers with producer Larry Trask and Comet the Radio Dog. The Humboldt Chronicles is made possible by Savage Henry Comedy Club and Goat Global Humboldt. Much appreciation for your support of the Humboldt Chronicles. This is the 49th episode of the Humboldt Chronicles. And right now, as we speak in January of 2022, we are hearing that the cannabis industry in Humboldt is in trouble. With words and phrases being tossed about, such as crisis, extinction event, Alarming at death's door.
2: And we don't use those
0: words lightly, nor are they our words. We're hearing
2: them being used by those in the business who say that the cannabis industry is at an inflection point and action is needed now. And it's not just Humboldt. The cannabis industry statewide is suffering for a whole host of reasons that have coalesced to drive prices down in the legal marketplace, impacting the entire supply chain, but hitting cultivators especially hard.
0: So in this edition of The Chronicles, we'll be speaking with Natalie DeLapp, Executive Director of the Humboldt County Growers Alliance. She's on the front lines in an effort to turn things around for her members and, by extension, to prevent our local economy from being hit hard by a downturn in the cannabis industry. To be clear, she is sounding the alarm and saying that without action now, we could lose a sizable number of local cultivators and others in the industry. What follows is a wide-ranging discussion with Natalie that includes her immediate strategy, details regarding the causes of the current near collapse of the industry, and what's ahead down the line.
2: In the near term, HCGA is hoping to get relief for local cultivators by convincing the County Board of Supervisors to suspend Measure S taxes. And in fact, there was a rally at the courthouse yesterday attended by an estimated 250 concerned community members, including many working in the industry. For more on the rally, check out the Lost Coast Outpost. As a reminder, Measure S is the commercial marijuana cultivation tax passed by voters in 2016. Suspending the collection of those taxes would be a good start at reducing the financial burden on local cultivators that others in the agricultural industry don't bear. That's where our discussion with Natalie DeLapp begins. Your organization has recently gotten involved with an initiative seeking suspension of Measure S tax collection. What industry developments led to your involvement in this initiative?
1: We work at the behest of our membership and the industry. And in 2021, in the later part of the spring and early summer, we started to hear that the market price for cannabis at the wholesale level was plummeting. And it was creating shockwaves through our industry, um, much like the 2008 housing crisis. And so almost overnight, the price of cannabis plummeted and has not come back up.
0: Are there factors other than overproduction driving prices down, or, or what do you attribute all this to?
1: I mean, it's pretty simple supply and demand and so it is massive overproduction on a state level the state of california has effectively licensed at least four times more production than the california market can consume
2: i think it's it's broadly true to say that wholesale prices have been declining you know for years since the the 215 era this is the situation worse now than it was um, say a year ago
1: yes There are a lot of regions around the state that have brought a lot of new cultivation online. In the Central Valley, Lake County, there's really large indoor cultivation, Santa Barbara, Salinas. Um, And then let's just kind of call it what it is. For a couple of years, it took those new operators some time to figure out how to grow cannabis, how to make sure that it's clean and was testing properly according to California standards. And many of those operators have figured it out as well there are um, auto flower strains that are early producers so in many other parts of the state have longer growing seasons than we do in the northern part of the state and so you know it's kind of a, a perfect storm where all of these new production areas came online Auto flower, longer growing seasons, and the market was flooded. Why do we have massive overproduction? Both Proposition 64, as well as the uh, prior laws, Medical Marijuana Regulation Safety Act and the Medical Cannabis Regulation Safety Act, both of which were passed by the legislature and signed by Governor Brown in 2015 and 2016, uh, was going to limit cultivation in California to no greater than one acre. Proposition 64 also promised that there would be no cultivation greater than one acre until 2023. It which time unlimited licensing would come online. One of the biggest betrayals by the state of California is at the 11th hour in the middle of December of 2017, right before California unveiled its new state recreational licensing regime, the one-acre cap was surreptitiously removed due to stakeholder involvement. And that is what has now allowed the massive proliferation of large-scale cultivation across the state.
2: So it all goes back to what we all learned in our first year in college in Economics 101, supply and demand. Yeah. There's there's a lot of supply. And, you know, you would think that there would be plenty of demand, but there's a couple of things that are limiting that. For one thing, unlike what you see on the Arcata Plaza mm-hmm. during the summer on Saturdays, marijuana cultivators can't just go and set up a a farm stand and sell directly to consumers?
0: No. They have to go to distributors, then it goes to a dispensary. They can't sell direct to customers the way others in the agriculture industry can. And also, Prop 64 gave local jurisdictions the ability to opt out completely, and lots have, whether it's a, a town or a whole county. And so there are large parts of the state that aren't even participating in this. And so the folks who live in those areas have no access to this product locally in their region, at least. They have to go somewhere else. And so that limits the number of markets that cultivators can access. Here again is
1: Natalie DeLapp. A typical business, if it wants to make more money, one of the things it can do is increase its customer base. Cannabis farmers are prohibited from increasing their customer base. They are not allowed to sell directly to consumers. It has to go through distribution to retail. Um, There are very, very few cannabis farmers, especially in Humboldt County or anywhere within the Emerald Triangle that own their own retail establishment. So, unless a cannabis farm is vertically integrated, meaning they have production, manufacturing, distribution, and retail, they cannot access consumers.
0: And vertical integration would be expensive, right?
1: It's very expensive. Um, There was a provision within Proposition 64 to allow these micro-businesses to develop so they could have cultivation, manufacturing, distribution, and retail. I think in Humboldt County, we maybe have four or five of those licenses they're really just not set up well from a licensing and regulatory approach for operators like we have here in Humboldt to um, use that pathway.
2: When you say that the state is over licensing? Do you mean that they're granting licenses too liberally, or they're not taking into account the, you know, the sort of market constraints before they grant license? What do you mean when you say they're over licensing?
1: So you've probably read the, the, the headlines that Santa Barbara County now has more acres in cultivation than Humboldt County. Yes. Have you heard that? I yeah. have. Mm-hmm. Santa Barbara was not a traditional area for cannabis cultivation. Humboldt County and probably Mendocino could supply the entire state with enough cannabis to be consumed. These are traditional areas, as well as Trinity, Nevada County, um, Sonoma, some areas down in Big Sur. There are areas where cannabis has traditionally been cultivated. The state of California, by authorizing all of this new cultivation, that's where oversupply comes. I mean the reason humboldt county is world-renowned and has had a world-renowned reputation is because for decades humboldt county and the emerald triangle have been supplying not just california but likely the united states with a lot of really good bud now when the state of california allowed all of these areas new to come online and the state did not limit the size of those new cultivation to one acre. That's why we're seeing 80 acre farms. Um, We're seeing, you know, multiple acre indoor operations that are coming online in the desert areas. If we have 435 acres of cultivation in Humboldt and Santa Barbara now has surpassed us, we're growing too much weed in the state and the state is allowing that they're accepting those licensing fees and allowing that new cultivation to come online.
0: Does the fact that so many local jurisdictions around the state have decided to opt out play into this somehow?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Almost 70% of the state of California does not have any access to legal retail the provisions of Prop 64, as well as the earlier iterations of both MMRSA and MCRSA provided local control. So in Humboldt County and many jurisdictions, local control is very important. So if the state of California said every county and every city across the state has to allow cannabis cultivation or has to allow some form of cannabis retail, those jurisdictions would get upset. They don't like being told from a top-down approach what they have to do or can't do. We're seeing this with the pandemic. We don't like it. The public doesn't like it and they revolt. That being said, because of local authorization, many jurisdictions, in fact, 70% of counties in the state do not have any pathway for consumers to buy legal cannabis. And so if you can't legally buy cannabis, then you're buying products either from your friends or neighbors or people are buying from illegally run dispensaries where they have illegally sourced product that is not tested and comes from no one knows where.
0: So let's talk about the unregulated market. We will do that right after this quick break. You're listening to the Humboldt Chronicles. Welcome back to the Humboldt Chronicles. We're speaking with Natalie DeLapp. She's executive director of the Humboldt County Growers Alliance. Before the break, we were talking with her about limits on the legal market, like not being able to sell directly to consumers, a lot of counties in the state opting out, a couple of the factors that lead to a large part of the California market being serviced by the unlicensed, unregulated market. Some people estimate that the size of the unregulated market is as high as 75% of all cannabis production statewide. No matter what else changes, can the licensed industry survive with such a large unregulated market?
1: 75% of the cannabis that's even produced through legal licensed means is likely not being sold within the legal framework because the state has over-licensed and then that's just working within the legal licensed framework we also understand that there are things that are called burner distros where all through the supply chain that is in theory regulated by the state there is um, unlawful behavior which is how product is leaving is exiting the legal supply chain. And then then there's a whole other conversation around we've got cannabis that's coming in from Oregon, which is illegally crossing state lines into California and entering into the California supply chain. It's entering into the unregulated supply chain. And then there's the whole there's still issues around trespass grow cultivation in many other parts of the state, San Bernardino. Um, there's a massive amount of unregulated, you know, garage grows all across the state. I mean, it's a problem like they're, they're, I have not seen anything from the state for how it would be addressed.
2: Some of the methods that are available to other agricultural producers to kind of deal with the vagaries of the economics of agricultural production, such as short-term ag loans and futures contracts and so forth, those aren't available to cannabis cultivators. Are there other agricultural products in California that are subject to a similar sort of cultivation tax?
1: There is no other agricultural product in California that is subject to a tax like cannabis. And in fact, if one were to Google agricultural taxes, what will come up are tax exemptions, government subsidies, tax credits, low cost loans, free educational systems through the UC or ag extensions, None of that is available to cannabis operators. Cannabis operators are federally prohibited from getting a loan from the bank. Cannabis operators also are subject to a IRS tax code called 280E, which means that cannabis operators, because of ongoing federal prohibition, are not allowed to write off standard expenses that all other businesses are allowed to take. So our Cannabis operators are paying taxes on taxes. They cannot write off property taxes. They cannot write off licensing fees. They cannot write off nearly anything except for what is directly associated with the cost of goods sold.
2: Would reform have the effect of reducing the size of the unregulated market?
1: I think so. One of the issues to consumers, and we talked about it earlier, is the price of cannabis products to consumers has been maintained generally. You know, it's it's still we see sixty dollar eights. Of course, there's uh, you know, ten and fifteen dollar eights, but the level of taxation and regulation that is experienced throughout the system adds to those costs at retail. And so as long as the unregulated market can undercut The price that the legal market pays the unregulated market will continue to be strong you know because they can externalize all of their costs they don't pay taxes they don't pay cultivation square footage they don't have to follow california business codes for employees they don't have to have workman's comp insurance you know you can use illegal pesticides you can grow it on other people's land and don't even have a land payment The unregulated market will always be able to financially undercut the legal market. I think it's really a consumer awareness campaign that has to happen. It's a public health issue. If people are purchasing products from an unregulated market, then there is no assurance as to what is being sprayed on that product, where it came from, or the environmental or social impacts that are associated with that unregulated product.
2: So as Natalyn has let us know, a couple of the problems uh, facing Humboldt County cultivators are massive overproduction, but also hurdles that other agricultural producers in the state don't face. If you're growing soybeans, you have access to short-term agriculture loans. You can uh, grow your tomatoes and sell directly to consumers. And of course, the unregulated market doesn't exist for wheat, at least not on the scale that it does for cannabis. We're going to take a look at some proposals for suspension of measure S taxes in just a little bit. But before we get to that, we asked Natalyn if there were other things that could be helpful for our Humboldt County cannabis cultivators?
1: We need access to banking. We needed access to banking yesterday. Big shout out to our two local credit unions, Coast Central Credit Union and Locality Credit Union for taking on an immensely challenging program to develop banking systems for cannabis businesses locally they are really leading the charge in doing something that's never been done anywhere else but yeah we need access to banking we need access to bank loans we need 280e to be removed and then i mean whatever comes out of the federal government we need it to not make things worse Because, of course, the federal government is also going to want to develop its own tax structure. And so we need to make sure that what is being proposed is not going to be prohibitive for small and independent and self-funded farms. Not only here in California and the Emerald Triangle, but there are other small farming regions in Washington and Vermont and um, southern Oregon that are also could be put out of business by an overly onerous federal tax structure.
2: So, Chuck, clearly there are a lot of issues facing cultivators you've got overproduction you've got burdensome regulatory systems you've got uh high taxes and these are the kinds of things that can take a a while to get fixed like we don't know everybody says oh at some point uh it's not if but when the federal legalization occurs but we don't know when that's going to be could be a year could be five years Uh, and we also know making changes at the state level in sacramento is something that just, it just takes time. It's the nature of the business. So right now, cultivators are facing what's been described as a crisis, and they're looking for some sort of immediate relief.
0: Yeah, and I think that's where the whole Measure S issue comes in. The immediate strategy for now, because as you say, reform can take a long time and it's complex on many levels, but the immediate strategy now locally would be for the County Board of Supervisors here in Humboldt to agree to temporarily suspend the collection of the Measure S taxes being paid by cultivators. And that might be one strategy for now to help stabilize the business until broader reform can be brought about.
2: Does the Board of Supervisors have the authority to suspend Measure S?
0: So yeah, Larry, that's a good question. And Built into the language of Measure S is a provision that gives the County Board of Supervisors the ability to reduce or suspend temporarily the collection of those taxes. Okay, and that's Thank what goodness,
2: and that's what they were assembling at the courthouse for yesterday.
0: That's right. Just yesterday, there was. Uh, A gathering at the county courthouse in Eureka, there were crowd estimates of, what, 250 people or so? And the crowd looks every bit of 250 in size. And that's what they were calling for. They were calling on the board of supervisors to temporarily suspend the collection of the measure S taxes as an immediate strategy to help give some relief to the industry here locally now.
2: And in the final segment of our our program tonight, we're going to talk a little bit about the specific proposal for the suspension of Measure S. But for now, let's get a little background on just exactly what Measure S is and how it came
1: about. Measure S was initially discussed at the same time Humboldt County was uh, discussing and proposing its first cannabis land use ordinance. Measure S was developed as a way for the cannabis industry to pay back into the system. It was also written and developed at a time when we did not have Proposition 64 and there were no state taxes. We actually didn't even have a state regulatory system yet. And I would call Measure S, um, it seemed like such a perfectly uh, simple tax, $1, $2, and $3 per square foot, depending on the type of cultivation. Ultimately, the voters of Humboldt County passed and approved Measure S, and it took effect at the beginning of 2017. Since 2017, cannabis farmers have paid about 80% of all bills that have been sent out by the county. So in total, about $47.5 million has been paid by cannabis farmers direct to Humboldt County's general fund.
0: Put that in perspective for us. Is that about what was expected? Does it seem to be a lot? Does it seem to be not enough? Put that in some context.
1: Humboldt County's cannabis industry has been the largest single taxpayer to Humboldt County. You know, if as an industry, it's the largest single taxpayer body to Humboldt County's general fund. So, if we looked at it like the cannabis industry, PG&E, <laughs> um, and then other taxpayer bases so it, it has been the single highest taxpayer pg e is obviously a single business corporation if all cannabis was a single business, it would be the, have been the largest annual taxpayer to the county.
0: That puts in perspective how important it is to get this right. Yeah. What is your level of alarm or concern? And for the rest of us, how concerned should we be about it, given what you just said about how much it contributes to the local economy?
1: Right, right. So um, Humboldt County's cannabis industry is in jeopardy right now. and you know, for listeners that are tuning into this, um, this is not something that's happening tomorrow. This isn't something that we can put off. We need as the cannabis industry solutions now. What we are talking about, about the wholesale price of cannabis plummeting, what has happened is the price at wholesale level is below the cost of production. And so if you are a business, if you're starting out a new business, it is well known that you're going to be running at a deficit for two to three to four years. That's what's happened since Humble and since California brought cannabis into uh, a legal framework. These operators have been running at a deficit. Our operators locally have paid tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars to bring their properties into compliance with land use. And they have been using their savings. These are self-funded farms. These are not big investor capital backed farms. These are self-funded people and businesses and families who have spent their life savings to develop a career to be legal tax paying cannabis farmers in a newly regulated and licensed system. When the cannabis crop came in, in the fall of 2020, if farmers could sell some of it in that fall of 2020, great. But most what ends up happening is they start selling it in the later winter or early spring of 2021, which is right when this price started dropping And so farmers were sitting on a 2020 crop at the beginning of 2021, right when all of this brand new fresh cannabis was coming onto the market and into this commodity world from the rest of the state at the same time. And so then buyers don't want 2020 weed they want the fresh 2021 weed and so farmers were sending out their 2020 product to distributors which is what has to happen distributors were no longer able to sell that product distributors were selling a thousand pounds a week all of a sudden they're dropping down to two three hundred pounds a week and so that product from 2020 sat with distribution for much of last year's spring and summer and then it was returned to the farmers as unable to be sold meanwhile what happened is then the farmers 2021 harvests are starting to come up for sale in july so these are what are called you know our depths our fresh depths those then start hitting the market Again, buyers don't want to buy last year's weed. They want what's fresh. And so that's then when the price starts dropping as all of this new 2021 crop comes in. And so what's happened is, again, it's a perfect storm where we have farmers that were not able to sell 2020's crop. So that means no positive income. And we're talking about a very very expensive crop to produce. This measure S is an entitlement tax. So farmers have to pay this tax to get the season started. They have to pay all of these fees to licensing to the state to get stuff started. They have upfront costs. They have costs to pay for employees and workers to bring this plant from a little tiny clone or a seed all the way up to harvest. So it's a very, very expensive crop to produce. And these farmers do not have access to bank loans. The way cannabis is sold on the market, they sell the product on consignment. They do not get cash in hand. So when they hand off their totes to distributors, it sits there until that distro is able to sell it. Farmers may not have control of their product for months, hoping it gets sold and then it doesn't get sold. So all of this is to say the farmers as self-funded, as a self-funded industry, they have absolutely no financial reserves left. They have run deficit spending businesses for years now. They have two crops that may or may not have been able to be sold. 2020 was a difficult crop to sell. Right now in 2022 is when the market should should be spiking with uh, increased prices for the 2021 harvest, and that is not happening. So the price of cannabis keeps dropping lower and lower below the cost of production. So when we say that this is an emergency, I would not be here today if it was not an emergency for our industry. And in order for these farmers to even have the funding to be able to start up their growth cycles in April and May and June, they are going to need to pay a balloon payment for Measure S on top of California state licensing fees. So we're talking what could be around, on average, maybe $25,000 that would be due to the county before they can start cultivating another fifteen twenty thousand dollars $20,000 to the state, so $40,000, as well as having to have cash in hand just to get that plant started and grown through the year. And if farmers can't pay those Measure S taxes, then that means their county permits are in jeopardy, which then means that their state licenses are in jeopardy, which then means their ability to gainfully earn an income based on their chosen career is not allowed.
0: Coming up after a quick break, we're going to continue our discussion with Natalie Delat from the Humboldt County Growers Alliance, and we're going to talk about exactly how to suspend the collection of Measure S taxes. What's the mechanism for that and how to get the idea in front of the Board of Supervisors. Back in just a moment, you're listening to the Humboldt Chronicles.
2: Welcome back to the Humboldt Chronicles. For the third segment of our program tonight, we wanted to take a look at some of the specifics of a proposal that arose, at least on my radar, within the last Month or so mm-hmm. uh, to uh, encourage the Board of Supervisors to make an immediate suspension of the requirement for cultivators to pay Measure S taxes.
0: It's a start, I think, right? It's just a start. It would help in the near term to help stabilize the local industry. A lot more needs to be done, but this has to get done now.
2: It seems like it. I mean, one question I had when I first started reading about this was would it be enough? I mean, is this is this really going to make a big difference in terms of the overall operation of cultivators? And we put that question to Natalie Delap of the Humboldt County Growers Alliance. Given all the challenges that cannabis farmers face, how significant a benefit would a suspension of Measure S payments be?
1: I can say that right now, Humboldt's cannabis industry, again, is in jeopardy and it is potentially on death's door. Our board of supervisors have the power to provide a vital lifeline to the industry. And what our industry needs is an injection of stimulus money. Just like what happened during the pandemic, the federal government injected stimulus money into the entire United States. The cannabis was not able to receive anything that resembled a PPP loan grant anything like that what our county can do is provide an immediate stimulus simply in the form of not taking those tax funds and those funds can be used as the startup cost to keep these farmers in a pathway moving forward on a state level we are actively working through our partner organization origins council which represents Five other legacy producing regions. So we work with Mendocino, Trinity, Sonoma, Big Sur, and Nevada County through Origins Council. We have over 900 members strong and are effectively the largest trade association for cannabis in California. And we are working with Senator Mike McGuire to develop state cultivation tax relief strategies. So but that, those strategies are going to be complicated. They're challenging. There's a lot of issues that are built in and baked in with Prop 64 that need to be addressed. And cannabis is certainly not the only stakeholder in the room. And, you know, whether or not it can happen is questionable. So we need some immediate relief. We need some immediate reprieve. And I would say we're not asking for a handout. You know, our industry has proven that it is willing to step up, to pay, to participate. But right now, what we need is relief and a reprieve.
2: The Suspend Measure S initiative calls for an immediate suspension of Measure S tax payments, followed by uh, a restructuring of the tax. What sort of restructuring would you like to see
1: in october or november of 2019 the board of supervisors directed staff to develop an incentive program for farms that have water catchment or solar systems or that are the least impactful practices we have yet to see what that could be so i would like to see that the county develop a a more equitable Uh, tax structure. Um, I don't know if it would be best to stick to something that resembles square footage or whether we would want to go to something that looks like a gross receipts that's paid based on what is able to be sold. I think that there's different pros and cons to all of those uh, ideas, but that what we need as a community is a robust public process. Um, Bring as many bright minds to the table. And figure out what is going to work both for the industry as well as for the county. That can be done, but it can't be done overnight. It's something that's going to require many, many, many meetings, which is time-consuming and it involves a lot of participation, but we need to have that time to work together and then we can actually come up with something that will work for our community.
0: What's the next step? When do you think that the Board of Supervisors might act on this?
1: So uh, before the holiday, HCGA submitted a letter to the supervisors requesting that they place on their agenda a discussion on Measure S. We have not heard as of this recording if or when they will place on their agenda a discussion. So from a process standpoint, we need an agenda item for public discussion. And that then opens up the conversation for our community to participate. And there would be, you know, a staff report. How would a action like this impact our county? So until something has been placed on the Board of Supervisors agenda, it's just a conversation. We need and are asking for our supervisors to bring this before the public and hear from the public. And I would ask that our listening audience understand the risk that is involved for our cannabis farmers. I mean, 85% of Humboldt's cannabis industry are people who came out of the proverbial green closet. These are families. This is their career. This is how they feed their families. They want to live here. They want to be good actors. They want to pay their taxes. They just want to be treated with respect and normalized, but they're in jeopardy. And so I really hope that the community can understand that. Cannabis is a valuable component of Humboldt's economy and that if we lose these farmers, these farmers who are our friends, our neighbors, our family members, that Humboldt County will be worse off. We will not be made better because we lose our legal cannabis industry.
2: Would you let our listeners know where they can go online to get more information and to sign the petition if that's what they want to do?
1: Absolutely. Uh, SuspendMeasureS.com. Uh, there's information, there's recent news articles that are discussing the the market collapse. You can sign the petition, get involved, learn more.
2: And of course, HCGA.co.
1: Perfect. Absolutely.
2: You know, Chuck, it's not like us to be ringing alarm bells. I mean, we usually go into the Chronicles, as you know, with more questions than answers about an issue in the cannabis industry. But the goal is to get the information out and for us all to learn something. But somehow this feels a little different.
0: It does feel different. There's gravity to the situation, I think. People you and I know who are not alarmist at all and who are practical, smart, forward-thinking people in this industry in Humboldt are nervous right now. And they're using words like crisis. This really does feel like a crossroads to me for the Humboldt cannabis industry and for the state of California as well. Does it feel the same to you?
2: Yeah, it really does. Uh, So this is something that we're going to continue to follow here on the Humboldt Chronicles. And it's an issue uh, that really ripples through the entire economy and really the society as a whole here in Humboldt County.
0: So we got to get this right. Absolutely. I'm Chuck Rogers with producer Larry Trask. This edition of the Humboldt Chronicles will be posted soon at 941lounge.com, lostcoastoutpost.com, and at iTunes for listening and downloading. Thanks to our guest, Nadine DeLapp, Executive Director of the Humboldt County Growers Alliance. And we send much appreciation to our sponsors, Savage Henry Comedy Club and Goat Global Humboldt. We'll be back with the Humboldt Chronicles at 6 p.m. on the third Wednesday of February. So we'll see you next time, February 16th at 6 p.m.